Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Rogue Watch Knobs. You have made it to episode 29. 29. What's going on, Mike? Not much. Recording on a Saturday again. It's been a nice a nice Saturday here in Seattle for me. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really excited to record right now. Yeah, it's going to be, it's good. we have a fun episode. We definitely have a fun episode. Um... Uh, but we we so first i also just i just want to say based off of what i talked about last episode with just kind of like uh you know talking about rifco watches uh for people who aren't familiar that's this 3d printed watch i want to make and just kind of like my personal feelings about my 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 job and like my professional life and how i'm not really professionally happy with the person i've become based off all that stuff i said we've received i mean <clears throat> just incredible emails, incredible emails, incredible messages from you guys who were just, who heard my story and were just compelled to, you know, just share your experiences, just talk about your professional lives in addition to supporting Rifka watches, like the idea of the 3D printed watch. And so like, I, I originally I was going to do like individual like names and shout outs, but mm-hmm. a lot of you guys shared some seriously, seriously personal stuff. So, but I, all I will do is I'll just say, a huge thank you and a huge shout out to everyone who wrote in. I mean, um, your your encouragement meant the world, and basically, I'm like, I have decided to go for it. Like, I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna print the watch. Um, I'm I'm based off our conversations. Also, it's going to use that Vostok two four nine mechanical hand wind movement. Oop, we got a phone ringing. I think that, it stopped. Is that you? Do you need that? <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. Okay. Was well, it was an emergency? No. No. So, which actually, that rigging phone actually just fucking reminds me. So, something else I have to talk about. But, uh, but yeah. So, huge thank you to everyone. Really, really means the world to know that. Just sometimes it's just nice to talk to other people when you're in like in a bad spot. And like a lot of you guys really, really helped me out. And and I haven't got back to all the emails yet. I have read every single one of them, but I am working on getting to them. Um, yeah, some some a- really really nice emails incredible but i just like like i I, w- I would read them to my fiance and she would just like start crying like these people are so nice and i'm like i know we have the greatest <laughs> listeners in the world like we actually have like the most thoughtful and incredible listeners in the world man you know yeah for the watch and and just for the show which is r- really hard to do every week <laughs> <laughs> it's it's i look forward to it it's like a, it's the one thing i look forward to the most just like reoccurring you know yeah but um yeah. But yeah, so I've decided to do it. Um, I have, I've been having a lot of big talks with my fiance, just trying to figure out how to balance focusing on Rivka watches and figuring out what to do with my awful tumor-inducing day job. And, and, and <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So 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 Michael, if I have time for a tangent, I want to talk about something incredible that happened this Friday. Yeah, also yeah, think- really really opened up my eyes to the kind of person i think i want to become not not what i'm currently on the track to be you know do do we have time to talk about that real quick of course we do what 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 happened at work so basically where i work i'm with i I, how can i say this vaguely as shit i work within a very specific facet of digital production where 
if something goes wrong, most people will kind of look to our team to fix it. And so within my team where I work, um, I, I work for a large entertainment and uh, hospitality kind of company here in Orlando. And uh, where I work, they have what's called, um, uh, you know, the producer on call. And so that basically, and it rotates, so every six weeks, you know, I will be on call. And basically what that means is 24 hours a day, four, seven days in that week, I have a phone on me that they give me. Really? Yes, yes. I didn't know that. And so that phone is going to ring. That phone is always going to ring. It's going to ring at 3 in the morning. It's going to ring at 2 p.m. You have it on you now? I don't. I'm not on call right now. Okay. My first on-call shift is in... Is in a couple of weeks, which is why I'm thinking about just quitting in a couple of weeks. <laughs> a couple of weeks. <laughs> and uh, and so the phone is always on the person, and you always have your laptop and like a mobile Wi-Fi spot with you. So if something ever goes wrong with this specific um, website that we're working on, the someone's going to call us. We're going to have to assess it, and then we're going to have to get everyone together on a phone bridge, and we're going to have to like figure out what's wrong. So it could be like I said, two in the morning, could be three p.m. It doesn't matter. Blah blah blah. Um, and so right now, um, this guy, I don't want to say his name, um, in case I doubt it. I doubt he listens to this show that I work <laughs> He's a watch guy? <laughs> He's not a watch guy. He's not a watch guy. Well, okay. you know, he, he wears these giant fucking watches, like these huge watches. They're so big. And the depth from the crystal to the face is so like wide. It looks like one of those like old, like shoebox dioramas you make in school. You know what I'm saying? Like there's like a, there's like a world, there's like a world in his watch. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think I see watches like that in like the Sky Mall catalogs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe that's so, where you got them from. But maybe I don't know. But I, I he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't listen to the show. Uh, and so this guy that I work next to, he's on call. He's the he's the he's the producer on call right now. And um, Friday morning, you know, he goes. Uh, his phone rings, and I thought it was the producer phone, but it was his personal phone. And like, he's he's kind of weird. So he stands up and he goes, "Oh, uh, you know, excuse me, guys, I gotta take this personal call." And we're like, "Okay, whatever, dude." I don't announce the room when I have diarrhea and have to go to the bathroom. Like, you can just go, dude. It doesn't you have to tell anyone about it. <laughs> uh, and so he goes, and then he uh, then he comes back, and he like he looks really flustered, and he's kind of just like standing around, not knowing what to do with himself. He's like, "I don't, I, I don't really know what." to say and i'm like oh it's gonna be weird this is gonna um i should get out of here but he's blocking the only way for me to like leave and i can't <laughs> leave now because i've heard him say a couple words you know what i'm saying it's like i don't really my my my, my father just died and i was what? like oh my god his dad just his dad <laughs> died his dad died out of the blue he's dead now you know and he's like, my, my father just died. And everyone's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And so just like a side story, I was in the middle of eating a bagel. And so um, <laughs> he says my dad died. And I have like a huge hunk of bagel in my mouth. And I'm like, fuck, like, like, do I chew? What do I do? I feel I feel rude if I continue to chew. But it's also ruder to just leave this hunk of bagel in my mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no. So while he's while he says his dad is dying, and while his face slowly, slowly just like melts into a sobbing, blubbering grimace, I'm just chewing my bagel. I'm like, fuck! I have to chew my bagel as fast as I can. <laughs> what what kind of bagel was it? It was a cinnamon raisin. Oh, nice! It was yeah. del- it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the powdered cinnamon on top. No, cinnamon no, no! Crystal? It was like cinnamon, like a sugar cinnamon swirl on the ah, inside with the raisins. Okay. 
Very nice. Very important Excellent. detail. Yes, it was. It was. I. 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 I wish I had more. <laughs> so did you? Did you just like swallow it whole, or did you chew? No, I chewed. I'm not. A, I'm not a duck. I have to swallow. I have to <laughs> chew things, dude. I, I'm like, come on. I'm not a farm man. I'm not gonna chew, man. I'm. 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 I'm not 18 anymore. I will get indigestion if I don't chew my food properly. <laughs> I'm conscious of that now. I used so to his, count. I used to count my chews. I used to chew my food forty-two times before I swallowed it. Oh gosh, I can't do that. So, dad dies. His bagel, dad, his dad, his dad dies. And I'm trying to eat my bagel as fucking like discreetly as I can. I'm like, oh fuck, they're gonna think I'm like an insensitive asshole. But really, I don't want to choke to death. I don't want two people to die. I don't want your fucking shit old dad to die and then me to die. Yeah. <laughs> that would that would just ruin everyone's day. I think. And so everyone's like, oh, man, you know, just go home. Hey, you just, you know, listen, just go home. He's like, no, 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 I can't go home. I can't go home. I'm the, I'm the producer on call right now. And I'm like, dude, like in my head, I'm like, bro, go fucking home. Like go home and cook the producer on call phone. Like throw it in the <laughs> oven. Like how, how fucking skewed does your work-life balance have to be when your father dies? When your father dies and you say, no, I can't go home. I have to stay here and work. Yeah, that's pretty awful. Has he been there a while? He's been there like a year. Oh, do get out of there. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, dude, this, you're, he's a contractor like me. And I'm like, dude, this place does not give a piss about you. You know, he's like, and, and he's like, like, oh, no, no, I'm the producer on call. I just, I just want to, you know, I have to stay here and I have to stay at my desk. And so like he tried sitting at his desk, but he's just, he's just sobbing the whole time. He's just like sobbing and like drool spitting into his beard. And I'm like, dude, this motherfucker has to get the shit out of here and fucking see his shitty family because I cannot listen to him cry the whole time. You know what I mean? And oh, so like man. eventually we're just like, we're like, dude, like, like this person's taking the phone. I'm like me. I, I'm taking all the stuff off your Jira board. Get your fucking dumbass out of here. Like this is ridiculous. And so like, like after 40 minutes of trying to wrangle him out. He leaves. And as he leaves, he's like, okay, I'll, I'll see you guys on Monday. And I'm like, dude, if, you're, if your dumbass is here on Monday, I'm drowning you in the bathroom. Right? <laughs> Man, that's, that's pretty sobering. So like, just right? And so, almost, almost delusional. Like, but, uh, but to him, it was normal. To him, that was the logical train of thought. Oh, fuck. Uh, you know, I have to stay here because I'm on call for 24 hours a day, seven days of this week. Um, you know, regardless of the fact that, you know, one of the people responsible for bringing me into this world is dead. He's dead now. They're never going to have another conversation. They're never going to laugh about traffic ever again. He's fucking dead. He's dead. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. he wanted he wanted to stay and work. And, and so eventually he left and like in like a moment of silence in my brain, I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is not worth it. It's literally not worth it. Gosh. So well, that's the story I wanted to tell. And that's why I'm thinking like at the end of this month before my stupid shift, I, I might just go, man. I, 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 I have a yeah. tiny bit saved up. I might just go and just, and just go and just kind of freelance again and go full force into Rifka watches and two broke watch knobs because uh, so I, so an update also just on Rifka watches, everything has been going great. Um, I've had to buy a couple new parts for my machine I'm 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 kind of starting to prototype with actual materials now. I want to put a write up um, soon, uh, maybe this week the episode airs, uh, or maybe this weekend. 
but I definitely want to start including the Watch family in every aspect of it. And someone, oh, uh, Dave, I can't remember your last name, but you had a really, really good idea. I think it was Dave. I'm re- I should write, write this down. Hi, um, Dave. What up, Dave? You the man. <laughs> he had this idea. I want to do, Michael, a completely transparent pricing model. Okay. Completely transparent. Super antithetical to every single, basically, watch brand, major watch brand out there right now. You know what hmm. I mean? Okay. So, like, I want to, like, catalog the cost of parts. I want to catalog how many hours it takes me to make per watch. Then have, like, like you know, how much it would be per hour for me to work on that. And, like, a super clear markup. And then, like, boom. Like, this this is why the watch is this much. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that I, sounds cool. I, th- I think like that would that. be super valuable. Because I still don't understand why the new Explorer 1s cost $7,000. I, I still don't understand why. I, th- I think they might cost more than that, actually. God I'm... in heaven, do you fuck, man? I, I don't I don't understand why they cost that much money. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's an expensive watch, and the uh, the old ones are still still gonna go up in price. Yeah, still of course. Have a dude. lot of room to go up in price. <laughs> God in heaven, but yeah. So I, I if that's something that people are kind of interested in, like like would you guys like to be? completely looped into like the whole pricing option the whole super transparent because the idea is i just want to make something that is fulfilling to me and that people that you guys will dig as well mm-hmm. and i think an aspect of that would just be like just super super open about like cost of parts labor super clear on like the markup and then like boom like this is what it is you know nice um yeah man but yeah see all right i, I don't want to i don't want to harp on that stuff too long but but yeah, again, huge thank you to everyone. Uh, I've been inspired. I'm a little terrified, which I think is like the proper combination that one needs to have in order to actually go for something like this. So that's the plan. I think I'm going to go for it. It's a, I mean, it's a good feeling, and you you should feel terrified. In oh, I'm fucking scared shitless, dude. I'm so, so, so scared. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud, proud to see that happening. And, thank you. You know, any kind of traction that you get, you know, it's always going to be fun to to see you progress in, in that kind of adventure. It's going to be fun to include everyone. I would rather be terrified in doing this than super comfortable uh, having my dad just died while I sit in my cubicle. <laughs> you know hey guys, saying? it's no big deal. You got, <laughs> jeez, man, what the hell? Just like, dude, your fu- your fucking dad died, man. Get your dumb ass out of here. Like, uh, oh my god, I could have. I don't even. I don't even like him, and I felt bad for him. Right. <laughs> I can only imagine what other people who like genuinely like him thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will say he did not ruin my bagel experience. I finished the rest of that bagel and it was very nice. Yeah, I I do quite like cinnamon raisin as well, and it's right? uh, a lot of t- a lot of places actually one of the vegan options. So. Really? Go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow, badass <laughs> anyway. man. Should we? Uh, should, all right, should we? Should we honor tradition? Should we go for the audio wrist check? Uh, I agree. All right, you you go first. Okay, yeah. So I got um I got something new in for review. Uh, oh shit, a, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, posted a shot on the gram. I think mm-hmm. on uh, I think Friday yesterday or maybe Thursday. Oh, let um, me look. But it's the uh it's the Milita watches um Q series GMT. And uh, I think the I think the name is still kind of tentative right now because this is a prototype. Um, wow. 
but it's uh yeah they're they're a brand i think based in ireland and yes. uh the guy is he's manufacturing you know mil spec uh dive watches for the most part and this is the first or seems to be the first gmt model that he's done um i'm looking at it right now it's beautiful yeah yeah it's it's a very you know very tactical kind of tough look um you know reminds me of some of the um you know some of the bigger citizens that have like that same black coating on the case and so uh, i was gonna say this photo you put up is it black or is it like a like a metallic blue hue because there seems to be a blue sheen in here that <laughs> that's that's probably light from the window that i okay, I've cool. photographed next to okay um but yeah it's all it's all black um sexy i think dlc yeah black dlc um i think the case is around maybe 40 42 or 44 it's a pretty thick watch okay um, and it has a swiss um quartz gmt movement in it i can't remember the exact one but um it's a, is, it, is it one of those ronda movements or is there, or d- d- does edda make a swiss quartz it might be a ronda or, or, or a gmt okay it might it might be a ronda actually <clears throat> but um you know other features uh it's it has fixed spring bars, but he mentioned that uh, when it goes into production, he's going to use like the screw, screw in, screw out kind of uh, spring bars. Oh, so sweet. Like, okay. Panorize and swap uh, straps or whatever. Wow. Um, and the, you know, double dome sapphire crystal, uh, you don't really get a lot of reflection. And the, uh, you know, the GMT function is really easy to use. The GMT hand moves uh, independently and, um, you know, I'm using it to track a second time zone, and it's uh, it just kind of works. <laughs> it's really, really cool, man. I'm I'm looking at it right now. So when you yeah. say mills mill spec mill sub spec, what does that mean? So mill spec, I guess. Well, mill spec kind of dictates the um, you know, the standards that a military agency will provide to potential contractors um oh, if if they want to okay. if they want to become an approved contractor to supply uh parts so um you know the mill spec for the you know the old rolex submariners um you know kind of detailed all those unique characteristics like the huge sword hands and and all that you know fixed spring bars and stuff like that but uh, that's that's what he means by mil spec. And okay. I, so 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 military specifications. Mil spec. Yeah, yeah. And I'm cool. you know I'm actually not sure if he's uh, gotten these into the. I think he has um, gotten these into the hands of some some people uh, in military agencies and stuff like that. You know, for field testing. Wow. But um, another cr- kind of crazy feature is like the space. So the space between the bezel and the case is like airtight. Like there's almost like from the like side no gap. It, yeah, there's no gap. So from the side it just looks like like there's nothing. And he wow. he mentioned that he did that to like keep contaminants out like dust, sand or whatever. Oh shit. And um the bezel is actually really really it's not hard to turn, but you it's a very kind of like positive feedback sort of deal where you is that a, is that sixty click, or one twenty? I think it's one twenty. That yeah. sounds like one twenty. Yeah, it sounds like a one. Tw- there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a kind of rock solid watch. You know, there's there's one 
the the only kind of issue I see is that you know with the ticking and the quartz movement, uh, mm-hmm. also together with the GMT hand, sometimes you know the ticks won't line up with the markers. But you know, once mm. again, this is a prototype, and I, I'm sure you know that's that might be something that's addressed um, later on before it goes into production. That's tough to do, though. I feel like I feel like a lot of quartz watches will not have that. You know, it's it's tough to do, and if I'm understanding like the concept of like torque and a movement mm-hmm. uh, with like a a GMT watch, like a forehand GMT watch, you sometimes have to seek out like a movement that has is more like high torque. I could be totally wrong because my, you know, that kind of technical watchmaking knowledge is limited for me. But, um, you know, o- overall, the, the watch is kind of rock solid and, and uh, wearing it on a, just like a gray nylon strap that it comes with. So, so it, really came, it, it. it comes with, uh, with that, with that, with, 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 like, like, like a gray nylon NATO? Yeah, yeah, and it's you know once again like it has fixed spring bars, so that's kind of the only thing you can put it on. Oh uh, shit, that's right. right. So I'm looking and, at it. I'm looking at it right now. These markers are these printed on or are these applied? These kind of square rectangle markers with the black border. Uh, they they appear raised, so I think they're they're applied. Probably applied. Um, okay. and the but the borders, those kind of black borders, look printed. Okay. So, um, and I for the loom, it's uh, BGW nine. Okay. So cool. it, it's it's a little more uh, bluish. Bluish, so, yeah. So you see that on like the Citizen watches and stuff like that, um, uh, as opposed to like the green, you know, that you get with Super Luminova. But uh, you know, just a very fun like toolish uh, GMT watch, and uh, mm. I, you know, I'm not a fan of like black cases all the time, uh, but. I was you know, going to say, like, you don't like black cases, but there seems to be, like, a huge influx of them going, <laughs> going yeah, your yeah, way recently. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I don't mind it on a watch like this, and, um, you know, looks good. Yeah, I, I dig it, and I'm I'm happy to be spending some some time with it. So, the, so uh, at, the at 42 or 44, what are the lugs like on this thing? Is there is there a bit of a curve to the lug in the case, or is it pretty kind of, like, straight and flat? No, there's there's a definite curve. Nice. Uh, um, nice lug nice. to lug. I'm not sure of the measurement, but you know, there's no there's no kind of overhang. Uh, it's you know, pretty comfortable and uh, it doesn't look like crazy goofy big or anything like that. And the it crown, is, the crown screws, a, the cruise da- uh, screws down. Yeah, screw down crown. Um, you know, he mentioned that he does something to keep the uh, <clears throat> crown and the crown guards from digging into your wrist, but. That's never happened to me ever, anyways, yeah. with any watch. <laughs> but it happens to people a lot. Maybe anyways, if you like wear it over like a dive suit, or if you wear it really close to your hand. Because I don't know about you, but I basically wear my watch high. Like I basically have it on my bicep, like it's an iPod, and I'm jogging. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do the same thing, kind of like right, right. behind the wrist bone. Exactly. Yeah, that bump. It, for me, I put it behind that bump. So I feel like some folks wear it like dead on the wrist like yeah. right where like they join us so maybe like like them like the crown uh will hit their like like wrist like that yeah exactly but uh no it's it's a fun watch and you know keep keep an eye out for the review i'm gonna have it for for about a week or so before i send it back um very you know, cool yeah i'm looking get... forward to reading that yeah yeah so how, how about you what are you wearing one one more question. Uh, do you know what the um, asking price is for these, or or, or has he has he not? Said oh that yeah, yet? yeah. So he's kind of uh, thinking between like um, 
I think around 480 or so once uh, oh, once it goes to production. No, no, it's it's not bad. I think some people might be kind of weird about paying that for a quartz, but when you look at what this watch is, I think that I think it's pretty solid price actually. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yep. Very cool. Uh, I am not wearing anything particularly exciting. I am Ooh. wearing my I thought you, uh, I thought you were going to say you weren't wearing a watch. Kaz, you had one fucking job, and that <laughs> was to scared. get get your dumbass on the show while wearing a fucking watch, any watch. <laughs> and you fucked it up. No, no, I'm wearing, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my uh, my Orion Solar Chronograph, the Christmas Chronograph, the WV zero zero five one TX, um, the one with that like teal kind of uh, pinstriping in there. Yeah, I oh. I was gonna ask you because um, kind of a thought crossed my mind. Uh, with that with in terms of that watch but um that's like a 40 millimeter right hmm. i don't know i wish you didn't ask me things i didn't know let me uh let me let me let me look that's, online it's it's cool it's it's not important but i think that's, it's 42 okay so that's not, that's a case that orient uses for several kind of chronographs right like uh yeah it's it's part of the neo 70 series Okay. Uh, so the Orient Neo 70s is a JDM series of watches. They're usually solar chronograph watches, and they're not available here. They're only available in Japan. And a lot of them have, like, a really kind of fun pop of color on the dial. Mm -hmm. But they have, like, a vintage and uh, sort of inspired flair to it. Let me do, do, do about this product. Come on, man. Do, 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 yeah, because do, they, I, they make a panda version that looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a panda one. There's like a like a navy blue dial one. There's a green. There's like a like a straight green one. Um, this thing is 42 millimeters. 42 millimeters in diameter, 48.7 millimeters lug to lug. But it wears very comfortably. Um, cool. I like it a lot. I have it right now on this Toxic Shiznit, which is basically it. This is like... An incredible combination a toxic shiznit on this like vintage inspired sort of quartz uh, solar quartz chronograph um the first thing i did when this watch came in though is i basically just threw the bracelet out um because the the bracelet <laughs> no it comes the bracelet it comes with just like feels like refused like tin foil that they folded like into a gravy boat bracelet you know what i'm saying like because the thing <laughs> is the watch the watch is limited to a thousand pieces i believe this is number hold on Unlike 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 Seiko, Orient puts the number, <laughs> the the number of watch that you have within the limited edition. Uh, this is number eight eight four. This is number eight hundred eighty four out of a thousand. Um, so it is it's limited to a thousand pieces, but it's really cool because they made in two thousand sixteen for like, to just commemorate Christmas, which is why you might sometimes hear me call it the Christmas chronograph. It's like two hundred fifty bucks, dude. Yeah, I'm which is incredible. At this this uh this panda version looks really nice yeah so but the thing is at 250 bucks with orients sometimes there are exceptions but sometimes you're gonna get a bracelet that's just a hunk of junk you know what i mean so because that's where they find ways to cut costs so uh i just took the bracelet off i i've tried it on leather straps didn't really work and then um when terry from toxic natos first announced the toxic shiznit i jumped on that and then i put this on there and that's it's a match made in heaven, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear good things about that that strap. Mm. Haven't haven't tried it yet, but um, I actually think he got some more in stock. So who knows? Maybe maybe it's he actually time. he actually so shout out to Toxic Nados. He just got some Bond ones and uh, like like Bond Nados, Toxic Shiznit Nados in stock. Ooh la la. Okay. Ooh, I know, right? So if you want to uh, 
you if you hunt down that mill sub, you can put it on one of them. On one. Perfect, perfect combo. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You can put it in that bond, uh, that bond, uh, toxic shiznit NATO. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I said before, I don't know anything about Rolex. The only thing I know about Rolex is I sort of want an Explorer one. So, and I've said this before. If, if someone's talking to me and like, oh yeah, yeah, I was looking at the Rolex one double R, I'm just gonna stop listening. Like I'm just gonna like <laughs> super tune out, and Michael's gonna get a text. You know well, what I mean? But I mean, buying the mill sub for me will probably end my marriage. <laughs> um, and just my life, dude. <laughs> so. Just get just get a his and hers. Get her a mill sub, also, dude. Sure, sure. Hey, it's honey, not wrong if you include her. You want a mill sub? She doesn't know what that is. <laughs> just tell her how much it costs. They're around two hundred grand. Is that cool? Nah, that's that's a solid no. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Damn it, man! Can't do nothing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, yeah. That, um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm wearing right now. I was helping a buddy move. I was telling you in the previous question, I was helping a buddy move, and this thing is just fucking... Okay, so watch, family. Don't have friends, except Michael and I, okay? Because when you don't have friends, no one's going to fucking ask you to move or help them move, you know? It's worse if you have friends and you have a pickup truck. I, don't, then... I have a Subaru. I have a, five, <laughs> I have a five-door Subaru. Yeah. Right. Uh, Kaz, I, I wouldn't help you move. <clears throat> don't don't help me move. My shit is my burden. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I if I lived a specific life in order for me to develop a brain tumor, that's my problem to carry around, not yours. <laughs> you know Under, what I'm understood. Understood. I, I make I made those choices. <laughs> I ignored my headaches. I didn't drink enough water or whatever happened. I have no idea. I I, I don't know how brain tumors work. But, yeah, but yeah, so there's my buddy's like, hey, man, can you help me move? I got everything in boxes. I just need one more guy to help me and the rest of the gang. There was no gang. It was me and him, and nothing was in boxes. And, like, we had to move all of his appliances, and he didn't turn the water off for the main, like, the main water. And so we tried moving his washer. We just got doused. We just got doused with those fucking hoses. And so the Orient Solar Chronograph, which is what I was wearing, got fucking just, just sludged. You know what I mean? You should have, um, you should have kind of like paused, uh, you know, for a quick break. I mm -hmm. hear, um, if you use like an old washing machine as like a margarita mixer, um, is that a thing? That's it, incredible. It's actually quite a party. And then you just pour it, pour it right out of the hoses with like the decades of like laundry junk and dirt. Bro, it's just, it's just flavor. The problem is, he, uh, the problem is, he doesn't, he doesn't drink alcohol. So it would, it would, <laughs> it would, it would be me just by myself drinking, just you know, washing machine margaritas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds good. Oh, Still that's... sounds like a party. So yeah, we're in the Christmas chronograph. Um, the reference again: WV zero zero five one TX. I'm gonna do a write up on it. A lot of people really do enjoy this watch a lot, and I agree, it is very, very fun. Um, also to reiterate the price is 250 bucks so a lot of people recently have also kind of been saying like hey can you guys say the prices of the watches you talk about and so ah, yeah I'm gonna make a point to you know try and do that um, when I remember but but yeah but yeah again the thing is also if we mention a watch and we don't say the name of the price like just DM us like the DM doesn't go to like our John Travolta intern it doesn't go to like a call center overseas like it just goes to Michael and I so we're we're gonna be the ones that answer yeah John Travolta got super fired that fool got super fired when Brightling got purchased yes. Dude, Brightling got purchased Brightling, I totally yeah. forgot until right now yeah yeah they got they got purchased uh, by some kind of uh, holdings company I think 
I heard that it's the same company that purchased some. I can't remember. People were talking about it on the. I think on the block to watch comments, hmm. but it was purchased by the same company that purchased another watch manufacturer and basically just like bled them dry and drove them to the ground. I can't remember which one though, and I can't remember if that's just false hearsay. Although I think all hearsay is false hearsay. <laughs> well, uh, goodbye, Breitling. So buy, buy your old. Yeah, go- <laughs> goodbye, Breitling. What was it for? It was for, it was for almost like a billion dollars. It was like seven hundred million dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, I uh, yeah, God. like maybe like a little little over eight hundred million. Um, Fuck, dude, yeah, eight hundred and eight hundred is. 870 God. million yeah i so. would i would literally I, I would kick a dog to death for that much money right now dude that is an <laughs> incredible amount of money 800 million i i can't even conceive of that much money <laughs> yeah that's that's how much it takes uh to, to buy a watch brand so there you go i have 17 dollars in singles in my pocket right now for gum when i want to buy gum at a gas station i have no uh, idea why that's a lot of gum a fuck ton of gum well i find gum to be a really good stress reliever for me at work i just chew gum instead of just like putting all my feelings into my chest so my heart can explode you know what i'm saying also a good idea <laughs> yep yep i rather i rather have sore gums than a than a, than a, than a, a, a collapsed ventricle you know yeah. that's crazy so more more watch news so transitioning from the wrist check before we get to the segment more watch news. You want to talk about the moon watch, the Bulova moon watch. I think this is super interesting, and I'm surprised no one's talking about this. Yeah, so this is kind of something that I stumbled upon um, today, uh, and it news is from back in in um, in January, I think. But apparently, uh, Dave Scott, uh, Colonel <laughs> Dave Scott, is, <laughs> is suing uh, Bulova and. Um, Sterling Jewelers uh, for one of their ad campaigns that uses his likeness in the way that they marketed the Bulova Moonwatch. So explain um, to the nice folks at home who might not know who who the colonel is. Yeah, the colonel, <laughs> Dave <laughs> Scott. He um he was one of the astronauts uh, on Apollo 17, and actually, if my history is correct, I think he was the first to drive on the moon with um like a specific lunar rover uh, <laughs> that they had. Um, wow. And he had um, famously had like a, a bull of us strapped to his wrist because his Speedmaster malfunctioned. And uh, that watch sold for $1.6 privately. Um, and uh, bull of a, I guess, reissued <clears throat> a, or I guess you can't even call it a reissue, but they made a watch in its likeness. Um, and it's been very popular. I haven't seen these ads. Um, maybe they were produced in-house by Sterling Jewelers. I'm not sure how much Bulova has to do with it. Right. Uh, but apparently he's uh, not happy about them using his likeness in the advertising. So I think the biggest issue is they didn't ask. You know oh, yeah. I mean? No, yeah. I, I, like I maybe, if, maybe if they'd asked, he'd be like, yeah, sure, that's cool, man. Just like we can talk about some sort of like you know, deal, or you can talk with my, I, I have no idea if he has an agent or not, but like something like, like that's so like that, that's so has that affected the watch in any way? I don't think so because dude, I didn't even know that until you mentioned it. Yeah. Some people are saying like, get yours now before they're gone. I'm like, I'm not really sure if it's going to affect the production. Bulova just released a new version at Basel world this year. It's like, um, 
it's like a full black DLC version without the date and uh, like a vintage Bulova logo. Um, wow. so, so I think, you know, the watch is alive and well. Um, I'm just kind of curious to see how this uh, pans out um, because, you know, probably they dug into the NASA archives. Like NASA recently declassified like thousands of photos from the Apollo missions um, oh. And while, you know, while you can view them, you can study them, you can do whatever you want with them. You can't use them for profit, even though they're like public domain. Um, right. I guess they probably just snatched one up, uh, sent it to like a graphics department and started generating, you know, some kind of uh, that, graphics. That explains it. So. Yeah, they probably thought it was public domain, which obviously it doesn't really work like that. But regardless, even if it was public domain, you run into the issue of the fact that it's the likeness of a person who exists today. Yeah. And might have might have a say in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was um, just founded, actually. It was the, the lunar module uh, was kind of a vehicle that he, that he drove um, wow. for the Apollo 17 mission. I think he was spent like 18 hours driving that thing. It's pretty crazy. What fuck did he drive to? Where did he where, where did he go? Uh the Sea of Rains. Uh that's on what the is moon. That? <laughs> it's on the moon. I've never been there. Man. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, seeking uh punitive and uh compensatory damages. Yeah, good um, for him, dude. You can't let these people just do whatever the fuck they want, man. Yeah. And uh so apparently also both Sterling Jewelers and uh Boulevard are not commenting on the, the issue. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's news <laughs> that that yeah, I that's found that's that's watch news we thought was worth sharing because fucking like we didn't hear anyone talk I I didn't I didn't fucking know I mean not that I follow watch news I I, I live in a bubble of sorrow but like I mean it it, it I took us and by us I mean Michael a while I guess to hear about it until now so that's just that's just so weird mm -hmm. but um I think uh, maybe it's a good time to move to our main topic which is a uh, a fun one at least I this had is... fun getting my research together. They said, Michael, it couldn't be done. They said yes. we were crazy when we did it the first time. They said we were crazy when we did watches under 65 bucks the first time. And we said, you know what? We're doing it again. But we're doing vintage watches under $65. Vintage, vintage watch experts hate them. Learn what they did now. <laughs> vintage, vintage watch experts don't understand them. Watch servicers hate them. Yeah, we're, we're doing vintage watches under 65 bucks. So this is, um, I think this speaks really true uh, 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 to our kind of, um, like I, almost the original thing which kind of just drew us to doing the show is just like, you can do vintage watches, but you don't have to, you don't have to spend a lot of money. Like you don't have to, and you do that, but just by buying things which interest you, buying things which kind of have a connection you know, with your own predilections, your own tastes. You know what I'm saying? Like, not like even though I love the watch, not everyone has to buy the fucking Pogue. You know what I mean? That's uh, such I a think nice watch. Right. I, I, I still <laughs> want one, but like you don't necessarily feel like you have to get a watch like that, spend a thousand bucks if you want to buy a cool vintage watch. There are incredible options out there with incredibly rich history, and we're going to talk about them now. So basically, Michael and I each chose three. Michael, you chose three, right? Yeah, and I think I might have the cheapest. I believe it because mine, mine are actually mine are actually pretty close, pretty close okay. to that 60, 65 mark. Um, are any of yours Russian watches? None of mine are Russian. 
Thank God, because all of mine are Russian. Just, just, uh, <laughs> I thought I'd mix it up. I thought I'd mix it up this episode and talk about Russian watches. <laughs> uh, but I, I have, I have no quartz, which was very tempting to to go Ooh. for quartz. So I have all no of mine quartz are mechanical either. as well. There you go. So there six, you go. All right. So do you want do you want to go watches. first? Yeah, I, yeah, I can so start. With, six, I can start with my first one. Yeah, go for it. You go, and then I'll go. So yeah, just to reiterate, this is vintage watches under sixty-five bucks. Um, really, really excited about this one. Here, you go. I, I won't take any more of your time. So, I think out of the three that I picked, this one might be my favorite. Okay. Because um, I, I've been following the brand recently. They actually, they just opened their very first boutique in Tokyo, um, and it's kind of crazy to see how far the brand has come from when they were founded in 1854 uh but it's a timex yeah it's a it's a Timex from the um mostly from the 50s you find these and uh the specific model is called the timex marlin um so the timex marlin is uh just time only white dial timex uh from the 50s um all mechanical but probably my favorite characteristic is the um the expanding stretch bracelet so i'm not sure if you oh, that's so cool <laughs> yeah so like the stretchy bracelets i i don't know much of the history but you find them in a, on a lot of vintage watches and even some some people uh will buy kind of new old stock ones and put them on watches like speedmasters and stuff like that it just gives it gives the watch this whole different funky vintage vibe but the wow. um so if you if you go on eBay and you search for Timex Marlin, um, you can usually find them for about thirty bucks. And uh, sometimes nice. you sometimes you find them with like the box as well. And um, jeez, and they just they just look really cool. Like um, hopefully maybe I should just uh, save some of these photos from when we put the show notes together. Yeah, but, no, totally. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a couple different ones. I'm seeing one that looks a lot like those, um, those Farrar, 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 far, Farrar. Thank you. <laughs> God damn it! This, those, those Farrar, um, watches. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. There's like one that I'm looking at now. Like you, you also find them with like Breguet kind of numerals or Breguet-ish yeah. numerals. Um, really cool, just, actually. And they just look fun. I, I think they're around like maybe. 34 or 35 millimeters so it's i can understand it's kind of small um you know you're going smaller either way when you're looking at vintage but um i'm yeah. looking at one this is made in made in the wait what does this say made in the usa made in usa oh yeah the, yeah that's another thing so these are at this point in time in timex's history these are american made movements that's so fucking badass dude god damn it so um and Timex, I mean, even today they they make some some really cool watches. I I think I mentioned the Expedition Scout in another episode, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know these watches have that same kind of vibe. But um, yeah, all mechanical. If you if you go for one of those Timex uh, Marlins, and I think they're um, I don't think it's an automatic. Yeah, actually, it's an automatic movement. You know, the movement isn't decorated. If you <laughs> if you take a look at the movement, it's just like stamped metal. It's, right, uh, it's not which, not which, fancy which, at all. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, to, to me, that's not a big deal. I mean, yeah. I think what's what's cool is it has 
it has so almost sort of like a rough around the edges in attractive way like a rough around the edges um omega seamaster 30 vibe you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah definitely really really cool so if you've if you've seen those old omega seamaster 30s um, or if you're like me and you see those pole jaw that looks all the time on eBay, you're like, man, that's really cool. It has uh, that, that clean style, that sort of classic taste. This is worth checking out because it has that stuff, but just like with a really fun hint of just kind of rugged unrefinedness, but like in a good way. Like, like yeah. I, I, man, this is pretty, this is a pretty cool, what's it, 30 bucks, 15, 30, I wrote it down, 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've seen some buy it nows for around 30 bucks, you know, this one that I'm looking at, the, uh, the, the bidding is at like 29.95 right now, so. That's awesome, really fun option. Yeah, and, uh. Is this, I, I, is this acrylic, this dough one here? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it is, you know, for, for this time period, it's probably, uh, just acrylic, um, but yeah, fun watches, and even, even greater when you find them, you know, with the box and everything like that. Cause I don't know, I get geeky about like the old Timex boxes and the old Casio boxes, like that are either like plasticky or just like really right. mass produced. Uh, it's really fun to, to kind of find them. And that's uh, a good one, man. That's a good one. I, yeah. I, I looking at this thing right now. So how available would these be on eBay? Like, would you see them come up pretty often or oh, yeah. are they they're, something? They're not rare at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could find them all day. 30 bucks. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool, man. Good one. Definitely, definitely a good one. Now I'm just looking at these things on eBay. <laughs> what's what's uh, your first? Uh, hmm. Oops, shit. Dropped my phone. Uh... Didn't really do an order for this one. I'm 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 gonna do this one first because I think it's fun. So my first pick for an affordable vintage watch under sixty five bucks <clears throat> is um, I don't think Michael you and I have ever talked about this watch. I feel like it's a watch a lot of Russian watch collectors don't talk about a lot, but I have a secret horological heart on for this watch, and I would love to muster up the strength one day to buy it. Okay, uh, it is the it is the Raketa School. So school is in like schoolhouse, like so Raketa School. But the watch is interesting in that <clears throat> there's been a lot of speculation. Originally, a, a lot of watch collectors thought it was a watch that you um, buy for a kid in Russia so they could like learn time on it. I don't necessarily think that's the case. What I suspect is that um, during the Soviet Union, after, after uh, the Bolshevik Revolution and before the, the collapse, there was a really big drive to make sure that everyone in the state had everything they needed. Obviously, it didn't work out in the end, but like in the beginning and the middle parts, it seemed to have been going pretty good, pretty well. Mm, there you go, seven years of English education, pretty well. <laughs> uh, and so it was the idea that um, there could be something for every person in a facet of whatever they're doing. So that also translated to watches. So there's specifically, I'm researching them now because I want to write an article about it. There are nurse watches. There are, are, are watches that are designed for nurses to be worn as like dangling brooches that they mm. can just look at and wear. They're are doctor's watches like there are specifically like you know train car conductor watches and then they also made watches for kids not necessarily right. to have them learn time but for kids and so michael if you look the dial is actually lined paper it looks I, like it's this is amazing <laughs> isn't it so cool <laughs> isn't that like badass the dial looks like lined paper and so and the word uh in cyrillic under raketa that big long word with a bunch of backwards letters yeah my understanding is that is the russian word for um school or schoolhouse okay. okay so the raketa school it's really really fun watch it has 
it has swing lugs. It has a really interesting kind of stamped case because these things were hardcore just mass produced. Like they're very cheaply made. And so it has a really interesting kind of like, almost like, um, like pushing two cylinders together with like swing lugs. It has a really weird case uh, design. Um, it is powered by the Michael. I'll give you one fucking guess as to what goddamn movement is in this fucking watch. Um, is it the uh, what's the one we talked about? The 24, 2409? Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the 2609. It is the fucking Raketa movement that's in every single goddamn Raketa watch, as far as I'm concerned. And, and if it's not in the watch, it's based off that movement. So in the Raketa school is the Raketa caliber 2609.ha. Really, really goddamn awesome movement. It's the same movement in my Big Zero. You could basically take a shit in that watch, and it's gonna be fine. It's it's <laughs> it's a fairly goddamn idiot-proof movement. Um, Seventeen jewels. It's not automatic. It's hand wound. It's uh, basically a, a machine assembly line manufactured. The Raketa Petrovich factory was one of the first in Russia to do that, and they did it very very well. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really reliable movement. And now what's really fun about the watch, Michael, is you'll see blue ones, right? Yeah, most most of the ones I'm seeing are actually blue. Like, so are the is this, this like a painted case or how, how do you how do they? Do I this? don't know how it's colored, but the speculation is the blue ones are for boys, and there are red ones, red pink ones, and the speculation is that those were for girls. You know what's also interesting the the hmm. numerals, so the Arabics um, that go along the inside on that lined paper dial. The, it yeah. looks like a font that you would get out of uh, like an early childhood um, handwriting book, like like, like yeah, I, I, I would say like 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 a how to write book. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. this is this is really cool, and they're uh, it's like such 30, a badass 30, watch. Thirty-five millimeters. I I'm seeing one on eBay that the uh, no bids, uh, but you can start the bidding at ninety-nine cents. <laughs> 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 but but the sh- but shipping is 15 us dollars <laughs> so. oh god it's a really really fun watch they're not faked they are frequently repainted so you kind of uh-huh. have to be careful okay um All right. they're not hard to find you can f- i mean the highest the most expensive i've ever seen one for was 60 bucks and it looks goddamn good you oh, know what i mean see, i see one of the so, red ones here one of the red ones look at that that is yeah. cool so it's a really, really fun watch. I think it's one of those watches that is fun to hunt for because it reminds you that this is re- this is supposed to be fun, guys. Like you're not supposed to stress <laughs> about, about buying watches. watches? To, yeah, yeah. Tell me. Yeah, about you're it. supposed <laughs> to you're supposed to see a watch and you're supposed to just be delighted by it. And I think there's something really, really fun yeah. about the Raketa School. So I don't know the process in which they make the dial look like that. I don't know how they made it look like lined paper. I mean, it was probably some sort of assembly line process because this is Raketa we're talking about. But it's mm-hmm. um, really, really cool. It has those thin hands. Um, it has, I believe, just looking at this one, actually, I think that's the same seconds hands as you get on the Big Zero. So um, it's entirely possible also for these things to be frankened. I mean, it's also extremely fucking hard to find a watch, a, a Soviet watch that is, hasn't been frankened. But... Um, if you have any inclination, maybe you're starting to get Russian watches and you want to get something that's like kind of different, like you might not necessarily want to go for like a Vostok Amphibia or like a Raketa Big Zero like I have uh, or something like that, check out the Raketa School. It's 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 a very, very cute watch. It's a lot of fun. And I'd, I'd um, if I wasn't about to quit my job, I would, I would love to like, you know, just buy one. But, um, <laughs> you know, I got to save money. Yep. Got to tighten the purse strings. 
<laughs> Hold on, my 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 fiance is here. Let me show her this watch. Babe, how cute is this? It's a it's a watch they made in the Soviet Union for children. It looks like lined paper. Oh, that's cute. How adorable is that? Thanks, babe. <laughs> well, yeah, it yeah. It's like it's it's older than it's older than both of us combined. Oh, no crickets, Jimmy. Yeah. But yeah. So that's <laughs> that's that's my first that's that's my first pick. I think it's a really 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 fun watch, and I would love to get one one day and. Yeah, if you guys have any questions about it, or if you see one online, you have any questions about whether or not it's real, um, definitely you can DM us, you can email us. Uh, happy to answer any questions. Um, basically, every week we get someone asking us questions, which I love. I, I hearing from you guys is the the solace from the awful professional reality I've I've I've, I've toilet swirled myself into. So hearing from you guys is just incredible. So if you have any questions about the Raketa School, hit me up. It's a lot of fun, and um, yeah, that's that's. I could talk about this watch for a long time, but yeah, that's my first pick. I don't think we've ever talked about that watch, Michael. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, well, my my second one is, I think we might have talked about this one, but it's a, it's a weird one that I don't think uh, people know about. Okay. But it comes from a company called HMT, and that stands for... Um, Hindustan machine tools. I was gonna say that's the that's the now defunct Indian watch manufacturer. Yeah. So I, I think they're um, I think they're still around, Bangalore. Really? Um, oh shit! But they're closed. But um, yeah, it's the HMT Pilot, and uh, so their story. Uh, I think they were founded in 1961, and they, uh, I guess, what they did was purchase a movement from Citizen. It was the zero two zero one mechanical hand winding movement, um, and they started producing watches and like wow. a whole hell lot of watches because <laughs> um, you you can you find a bunch of these things. And uh, so the, yeah, the HMT pilot is just like a simple black dial time only 17 jewel, um, effectively a, a pilot's watch. Um, and it's a, it's just a really clean look. It doesn't look like one of the Mark series from IWC. It looks uh, really like its own thing. I think okay. also um, around maybe like 35 millimeters. Trying to pull um, the picture right now. Yeah, the HMT Pilot. Um, actually, I take that back. So it's uh, 32 millimeters. It's quite a oh, small wow. watch. Quite a small uh, watch. Okay, yes. I got some pictures. Very, very pretty. Yeah. Um, weird. So it's a pilot watch, but it doesn't have Arabic numerals. No. One. <laughs> it's yeah. You know, some some versions like um, I think they had a couple of different dial variations. Like this one that I'm looking at has the 12, 3, 6, and 9. Okay. Um, so you're, you're going to find a, a few different types, but yeah, 32 millimeters, uh, 38 millimeters lug to lug. Um, and most of the wow. ones that I find have been like $16 <laughs> <laughs> and this is, um, you know, it's a mechanical movement from citizen. So like, what, <laughs> what are you going to say? Uh, it's That's just, so cool. It's really cool. It's really quirky. Uh, you don't see them around too much. I don't think. Uh, I don't think people seek to collect these really. Like probably less than than Russian watches. I the the community around these is. Um, I don't really think there's a strong community around them. The only times I ever hear people talking about them is people who want to buy vintage watches but don't want to do what everyone else is doing. I see. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, I heard about this brand HMT. I think they're, I think they're like in India somewhere. Blah blah blah. And like that's like I don't know of any experts in HMT watches. If someone does, totally let us know. 
Yeah. Because we've got to get that guy or girl on the show. Um, And actually, what I just found... Okay, so as of September 2016, they have been shut down. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I thought I saw something about that. Yes. Yeah, okay. you're, you're, right, you're right about that. Um, and... So hey, that may, that might mean a whole bunch of new old stock pieces are going to hit the internet. <laughs> yeah, very possible. And you you find some you find some really clean examples. And you know they do make other watches. They have some some dressier pieces, some like gold plated watches that almost look like the uh, the Rados that we were discussing uh, a few episodes back. Um, Rado, dude. But if you know if you're trying to if you're trying to get into something vintage and you're definitely hunting under sixty five bucks. Take a look at HMT because uh, these pilot watches are 16 bucks all day. Damn. Um, so what do you know about the history? I mean, they're calling it a pilot watch, but I, I, I don't know why. I feel like if a pilot wore this, they would die because they wouldn't know what time it was. Yeah, that's uh, very tiny for a pilot watch. Yeah. Uh, my, my guess is that they never intended it to be a pilot watch or even called it that. Uh, maybe it's just something that collectors or watch enthusiasts started saying and then just became the hmt pilot just like the rolex with the exotic dial uh became the paul newman daytona <laughs> so um, oh, wow. I, I did not know that see i don't know anything about rolex like you think i'm joking <laughs> I, I i know shit about rolex. yeah this this happens collectors or watch enthusiasts will just kind of spew a name out and um you know it'll stick kind of just like the seiko turtle um <laughs> so uh but yeah that's at least that's my my guess i'd I doubt this was intended to uh, to actually be a, a pilot watch, unless unless right. they unless they were kind of commissioned to produce, um, you know, watches for for the military at some point. Um, well, I know um, <clears throat> in Pakistan, the Air Force used watches. I, I know this is like a permanent fixture thing, but for a period of time, Omega was wearing their watches. And okay. so it's it's really cool because you'll find Omega old Omega Seamasters out there with um, uh, the Pakistani Air Force like crest engraved right. on the back of them. You and, they're I mean? su- and they're super collectible. I guess I don't know. I, I I I saw one a long time ago. I think on fucking like Lunar Oyster. Like I think he somehow got one. Ah, okay. <laughs> and he had it up there. But yeah, but I I I don't know. Obviously, I don't know if they did that for india i don't know i mean obviously india has an air force and has had an air force but i don't i don't know this is interesting so but you know what's funny it's different but in terms of i guess the time period stylings it's sort of similar to, to the to the the, the timex marlin you picked out in terms of like um like case like yeah. case flare you know yeah. what i'm saying all all three of the watches are kind of like that same that same deal yeah um, sweet so but yeah that's that's my second pick um you know, a little you know different years, than the first. Um, what years they made this thing in? Not really. Definitely sixties. Um, wow. Probably most of, most of the ones you find are going to be sixties. What so. the fuck compelled this country to make watches? <laughs> hey, everybody wanted to get in on it, man. Everyone um, wanted to get in on it, man. Yeah. Look at that. So how? What's uh? What's your next? Let me look at the two here. Um, the two I have next are related. Let me... I'll go in this order. So the second watch I want to talk about... <clears throat> this is complicated, as most things in my life are. <laughs> it, it's a Vostok, but it's not really a Vostok. Okay. Okay. 
but it is basically just for ease um, of the internet, it has been called the Vostok comma, K-A-M-A. So if any one of our listeners has gone and read our history of Vostok um, uh, like article we have up there, I think it's the third or fourth installment in this Russian watch series I'm working on, you'll recognize comma, um, the comma watch because it's mentioned um, in there. So the, the quick tidbit, the, the Vostok factory is located in the town called Kistopol, um, which is in Tartistan. So it's about 500 miles east of Moscow, which is where it was sort of originally located. Um, the, uh, the Kistopol factory is basically the second Moscow watch factory. And during the battle of Moscow, they all had to pick up their shit and leave. And they, <laughs> they were told to go to this town called Kistopol, um, you know, it's all, just go there, everything's ready, just go there, set up all your shit, and, and start making stuff for the war. At the time, they were making um, uh, electrical fuses and bomb timers. So, like, they were supposed to be making watches, but then, you know, war fucks everything up. And so they started making munitions materials. Um, the problem is they moved all the equipment, uh, and all of the, like, 500 workers moved in, like, the, basically the middle of winter. And so while they were on what is called the Kama River, K-A-M-A, uh, the whole thing froze, and they got trapped in another town called Kazan. So, so basically, the reason I talk about that is the Kama River is a very, very special river in regards to the little t- small town of Kistopol where it's located. And after World War II, um, the Kistopol factory stopped making munitions materials. A lot of the original watch manufacturers went back to Moscow. But before they left, over the course of a couple of years when they were in the town, they trained all the townspeople in how to make watches. Hmm. And so when all those motherfuckers left, the townspeople are like, well, we have to keep our local economy going strong. <laughs> so let's just make a whole bunch of fucking watches because they left all the materials there. They left the materials to make the Type 1 K43 watch, which is basically the first... Um, trying to get to two sidetracks. The first mechanical movement made in Russia based off of the Duber-Hampton size 16 movement from Canton, Ohio, USA. Hmm. Very fucking complicated and a little weird. But um, at the time, in 1942, when they left, all that Type 1 movement machinery was already outdated because the second Moscow watch factory they're going back to was using machinery from Lip, which is a French watch manufacturer, which we've talked about in the show before, Michael. Yes. And so basically what happens, they're making these watches, and so it's it's like a weird thing in Russia to name watches after, like, special things to the watch factory or very, like, commemorative things that happen in Russian watch history. And so one of the watches they made, this is before they were called Vostok. This is before uh, uh, Yuri Gagarin went in the Vostok one. This is before Vostok was Vostok, and it was basically designated Factory 853. Or eight three five. I don't know. My learning disability is kicking in. It's, it's, it, I think. It, I think it's. I think it's eight three five. I think it's eight three five. Factory eight five three is another huge mystery, which is very very complicated, which we'll talk about later. Um, but they made this watch, and the reason I highlight it is because it was more dust proof and a more water resistant than most other watches around Russia in the time. And remember, this is the factory that becomes Vostok, which makes the first reliable 200-meter Russian watch diver. Uh, diver. So sure. I think it's a really, really fun watch. So it's the so if you look for it, it's called a Vostok comma. It's really, really hard to find the one specifically I'm talking about. 
Um, I don't really know what it's called. They're not called things, but basically it looks like the dial is made of fish scales. Like it has this really sexy kind of um, almost almost like Japanese like scalloping wave. Uh, I, find, waves. I think I see one, or at least yeah. on Google Images. I see what you mean. It's really, really cool. It has these very, very unique hands. They almost look like Lumiere hands, like from Beauty and the Beast, like mm-hmm. the, like the, his candlestick hands. They sort of look like that if Lumiere had like flaming knives for hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, the movement is is actually pretty well decorated. You'll find um, uh, uh, they, a, a lot of old Russian movements are decorated with stars because of the Russian red star. So there are stars in the mainspring barrel. There are some Geneve stripes on there. Uh, you'll find the factory designation stamp on there. So for Vostok, I guess even before it was Vostok, it's how the hell is it? It looks like the numbers four, four, and three in like a triangle, like formation, surrounded oh, yeah. by a circle. Look at that. So that's the designation. That's the stamp. But all these different fucking factories, of which there are like more than fifteen, each one of them has a different stamp. You know what I'm saying? And so, but that's the one. Before Vostok was Vostok, and it started putting that fucking B or V. It's V for us, B for them on everything. It was that. Um, so I like the watch. You can find it online for like between thirty and fifty bucks. It's a really fun watch. It's a really fun, like, it's it's really fun to own that part of Vostok's history because this is after the war when they were sort of like left to their own devices mm-hmm. and before um, Vostok became Vostok and they were just kind of figuring out what the fuck to do they were making these super outdated K, uh, uh, K43 um, fucking you know uh, pocket watches they were making naval clocks you know what I mean there's a picture in the in the Russian watch and in, in, in the history of Vostok article I put up so they didn't really know sort of what was going on and then they started and then they made the comma and then in 1960 uh, ooh, 1962 1961 Michael uh, Yuri Gagarin the Vostok one Oh, I don't know. I think, I think it's it, 19... Hmm. I think it's 61. I think it was 61. I think it's yeah. 61. Either way, it's, I know in the article it's correct. So everyone go check out that article. Read it. Um, if it's boring, let me know. And I'll make things less boring next time. But but uh, but then yeah. in 1962... What'd you say? No, nothing. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. 1962, um, Yuri Gagarin was the first man to orbit the Earth. He was from Russia. And he did it in a ship called the Vostok 1, which in my opinion, I would not have fucking stepped foot in that ship. Yeah, it was it, it was it 61 looks, and it was like a washing machine. <laughs> it it looked like it was designed to like basically emulsify your fucking corpse. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this thing's going to turn my insides to goop, to, to goop. Perfect. I'm going to get in there. <laughs> yeah, our our space history has been a little off. I said Apollo 17 when we were talking about the Bulova, but it was Apollo 15. Oh, and okay, cool, cool. And and this was 1961, yeah. Okay, so yeah, if you started writing an email to Michael to correct him on Apollo 17... Ah, I got I you. Really, <laughs> I really hoped you kept listening because he corrected himself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's the commas are really weird watch. It's not particularly collectible. It's not really rare, but the specific model I'm talking about, it's almost... Uh, you'll see them in a black dial, sometimes in like a very deep, like, burgundy dial... And the scalloping will be white or will be gold. I'll try and find a nice picture, um, and we'll get it on the show notes. Michael, I'll send it your way because Mike puts the show notes together now. Thank you, dude. Um, just so you guys can see what I'm talking about, and it's um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I don't really have any like case dimensions on it. It's probably small. Let me see if I can. Yeah, but the crown is pretty beefy though. Um, on some of these, yeah, I guess it tends to be yeah, interesting. Yeah. 
it's also possible they were just pulling using the crown um from the uh k43 which is for a pocket watch because mm, they okay. were doing they were doing all this shit at a time where they were just kind of working with what they had you know what i mean right a really really interesting time in uh in vostok's history so if you're if you're kind of like a russian watch dude and like you love vostok and you think the amphibia is awesome you could almost sort of see this as like the crippled great-grandfather sure of the vostok amphibia really 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 fun watch huh. uh so yeah as, in, in case people aren't looking um it's it's a three-hander but it has um the seconds hand at the at the six so it's like the little sub dial you know Mm-hmm. What you're also going to see is it has Arabic numerals, but the Arabic numerals, um, as opposed to being like, you know, 12, 3, 6, and 9, or like 12 all the way around, the Arabic numerals are like 12, 10, 2, 4, 8, 10, which is like a really fun pattern you don't see anymore. And the markers, uh, they're like um, little little uh, little wedge arrows almost. Hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's a funky looking watch and a, and a good pick, I'd say. It's fun. It's definitely fun. I unfortunately do not know anything about the movement in this watch. Um, I don't even know what the fuck they were using back then. I'm almost inclined. No, actually, it's, it's the wrong time period. I was going to say because even before Vostok was Vostok, the Vostok 2209 existed and they were putting it in the mirror, which is a very similar watch to this. It's like a dressy watch. But the 229 wasn't around in this time in the mid 50s. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is in here. I'm going to find out though. I'll find out <laughs> and, 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 and I'll let you guys know. But um <clears throat> trying to think so yeah if you're looking for one of these uh look at the back look for it to be decorated look for that 443 in the circle that's the actual like stamp designation for kistapol the factory um if you see one and you want another pair of eyes on it as always like super super let me know but um but yeah that's my that's my second pick i don't want to take up too much time because i think we're getting close to the end no that's a, that's a that's a cool pick um my my last one really um it's it's pretty common i'd say to find okay. to find vintage pieces if you're hunting <clears throat> ebay or etsy or something uh you you find a bunch from this brand um and uh, it's another American watch company. Um, nice. Uh, and it's Waltham. So it's not, it's not so much a uh, specific watch, but a group of watches called the Waltham Premier. Um, and the reason I thought it would be good to include them is because you find some cool dial uh, variations. Okay. So, um, and you know, I'll I'll try to keep. Uh, the photo of this specific one that I found, by the way, the bidding is uh, around fourteen dollars. <laughs> so I doubt, <laughs> I doubt Dude, it's you, gonna. You, you got good picks this time. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it was. You know what? This was, this was easier than the other under sixty-five episode um, <laughs> that we did. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, I guess it's just vintage. Um, yeah, automatic watch, uh, kind of doffing hands, uh, double baton markers. But on the one that I found, uh, this specific one that I'm looking at, it's got a uh, a linen dial, <clears throat> which is kind of like a big sort of mark collectors right. look for when you're hunting down, you know, old Rolex date justs. Um, the linen dial is a big deal, I guess. Um, so, uh, but when it, yeah, so when I saw this on a Waltham, I thought like that's really cool, um, and yeah, you can. Waltham has their own history. Uh, you know, Abe Lincoln had one, <laughs> and uh, it's Jesus, like super really? old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, like after 
after the Gettysburg address, he was uh, presented with some kind of some kind of Waltham watch. I, I mean, I'm guessing it was you know pocket watch at the time. Um, but uh, and I think it's actually in the Smithsonian or something like that. Um, but yeah, Abe Lincoln had one. <laughs> so um, yeah, they have they have their own piece of uh, like That's American so cool. watch making history, which is always interesting, <clears throat> you know, for me. And uh, just that you can find, right. you know, find these old these old watches for so cheap these days is uh is really cool uh also once again probably most of these are going to be very small maybe under 35 millimeters so if you if you have a problem with that um you know i'd say look elsewhere or probably go for one of the um one of the models that kaz recommended because at least from my understanding even if you go vintage with the russian watches uh, a lot of them aren't really that small. Um, uh, I guess not. No, I mean the. No, not really. I mean the this this the smallest one I can probably think of is is a brand, um, that were made. Uh, they were making a watch called this Vesta, which was based off of a, a lip watch, and mm. it's um it was a lady's watch. Yeah. So it was like a really weird like like thin like fat rectangle. Yeah, because even that even that uh, Raketa school doesn't doesn't even look that small. it looks small but it's you know it's, i think 35 millimeters is what i saw it's pretty solid it. yeah but yeah these these walthams are fun you can um you know I, I think i think they're actually swiss movements inside of these so um but so yeah they, they 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 assembled the watches in the u.s but they they got the movements from switzerland switzerland yeah that's probably what they did I don't even know if that I don't even know if that's like a Switzerland accent. I don't know what what do Switzerland people sound like, Michael? Well, they speak like four languages there. I think predominantly God, every, French though. So everybody's so much smarter than I. <laughs> God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, take a look at the Waltham premieres. Um, you know they're all over eBay. You know even you can find boxes of these things um, at times. You know I'm not Jesus. sure about I'm not sure about the Russian watches, but definitely. You know, like the Timexes that I mentioned and the Walthams, you can find boxes of these things for like twenty bucks. And if you ever, if you, if you're not even collecting, if you just wanted to, you know, mess with some watches, like take some movements apart, like it's really not that huge of an expense to to take on if you wanted right. to start learning about, you know, the inner workings of these old movements. Um, and you do see kind of. You see people buying Waltham watches or lots of Waltham watches to kind of repair them, refurbish them, and then like resell them. So yeah, it's the same thing. I think we talked about this before offline. Um, uh, I was in a forum once, and apparently it's pretty common uh, if someone has the means to, if you want to learn about watchmaking, like a crash course, buy an old Molnia, which is a Russian brand pocket watch, hmm. okay, and just fuck with it because the movement is bigger because it's already a pocket watch. And it's a very, very basic, straightforward movement. And it's a really great way to understand and learn like how kind of power is distributed across the across the actual gears and how like the escapement works and how the power is then translated under the hands and things like that. So it's it's a yeah, so same thing, just I guess with the with the Russian Molnia, you know. But uh, I can see that I think on those Walthams, because they're 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 are, are they pocket watches you said? I can't remember. No, no. They, um, you know, they made a bunch, you, you find a bunch of Waltham pocket watches um, right. on eBay, but no, this this one is also a wristwatch. 
Uh, you know, specifically, I, I picked it because of that <clears throat> that linen dial, which is just, I mean, when it's this old, I think this watch is fifties as well. It looks so damn cool. That's so cool, man. Damn it. Are these things faked often? Like, do you have to worry about people like faking them or like franking them or not really? Yeah, the Premier sixty five. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, it's always good when you can find a vintage watch. You don't have to worry about being like faked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's my last pick. Um, you know, two, two American watch brands and one Indian one. So you guys have some, some stuff to chew on for the week. Are there, are there, are there any, are there any American watch brands still? I I don't, I don't count Shinola. I mean, the big one is RGM. I think they're in Pennsylvania. Oh shit. Yeah. But they're not very accessible. That, that, those are like seven, $10,000 watch. No, they're very expensive. I think. But you're right. They're, they're, they're making their shit over. Yeah, in Lancaster, in like a phone booth, I think. Yeah, I think so. And there's yeah. also Weiss watches in LA. Oh shit! Why did I think they were Canadian? Huh? Oh no, Wix or Wilkes work. Wicks yes. work. Yes, mm, it's yeah. happening. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that that is a Canadian brand, and they do like custom yes. watches. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, how about you? What's your What's your last one? So my last one, I have to send you a picture because it's kind of complicated. Um. My last one, continuing the story of Vostok. <laughs> okay. Here, I'm sending you, hopefully that works, that link I sent you. Okay. Uh, where did you go? Did I turn my recorder off? Check, check, check. Hey, I'm sorry. Okay, excellent. Uh, yeah, so this, so it's not, a, it's not a specific model. It's a very specific dial designation. So as I was saying with the Vostok comma, Vostok comma was created before Vostok was Vostok. And then in... Um, you know, and then in 1961, um, and the, uh, when Yuri Gagarin went up in the Vostok One on that on that you know washing machine, and when he didn't, when his guts weren't rendered to goop. Okay, so I, I want to. I think I think I, I've been reading a lot about Yuri Gagarin. I think the <laughs> fucking funniest part is he he crashed about 250 I think meters or kilometers, whatever the fuck it is, off of where he was supposed to be, and he landed in like a Ukrainian farmer's field. Right. Okay. So before they sent him up in the spaceship they were worried that would happen and so they put across his helmet huge letters cccp yep which is ussr yep so just in case people saw this man fall from space <laughs> they they figured that you know he wasn't like a spy or like an alien or something like that because also worth noting i think michael what was it at 23 or twenty-seven thousand feet he parachuted uh, the rest of the way yeah which is pretty ballsy. Which 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 <laughs> which instantly instantly clenches my butthole. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So twenty seven thousand feet in the air, he separates from the Vostok One capsule and he just parachutes the rest of the way down. And he lands in this farmer's field. Okay. And he basically he gets all of his shit off. The farmers come and meet him and they're just like just like, Whoa, are you from space? He's like, Yes, I've just come from space. Can I borrow your phone to call Moscow? <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand is every time I see pictures and videos of astronauts, though, they can't walk, and they're all like fucked up. Yeah, is it just because he wasn't up there long enough to get fucked up, and they were up there for like, 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 like? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I mean, the suits are are probably not that uh, kind of 
comfortable to move around in either. Well, what the fuck was Yuri wearing? Shorts and a t-shirt? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know, you know. It's just, it's just incredible to me. It's an incredible story. Like he, he came back to the earth and like it, everyone lost their shit. He instantly, and he's still basically revered as like the country's national hero. This oh, yeah. is the first cocksucker in space. That's incredible, dude. Yep. That's ridiculous. I'm on a breath going up my stairs because my asthma's been kicking in a lot lately. All right. <laughs> My fat ass is not going on a rocket and getting farted up to space. I'll explode on the way like one of the chimps or whatever they were. I, 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 I don't know what they do in space. You know, you know better than I do. <laughs> you know? Continuing that story. So after, after Yuri came back, um, Vostok, uh, the Kistapol factory adopted, well, didn't adopt the name. What they did was they started making watches called Vostok watches. And then those Vostok watches were so popular, they eventually called the entire factory Vostok so it was no longer 835 or the Kistapol watch factory the factory was called Vostok and so um in the ooh do 1965 or 1969 I can't remember what it was but basically after they took after the after the factory was called that once people started realizing how awesome these watches were, they basically were designated as the official watch manufacturer of the USSR Ministry of Intelligence and Defense. So basically, um, you know, the KGB guys that piano wired old women or something. I have no idea. You know, like like those guys. He <laughs> yes. made, they, they made watches for those guys. Right. And so what's really, really cool is there were special stores and special designated areas where you could buy Vostok watches specifically for Ministry of Defense employees. Hmm. And so these Vostok watches have a special branding at the bottom. And they're basically colloquially, colloquially referred to as uh, Zakaz. So you'll see... I sent you a picture, Mike. Did you get that picture? I'm afraid to click on it uh, out of fear that my computer will explode. <laughs> oh, shit. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah but continue. Okay. Uh, God damn it. Um, so there are several different versions of these Vostok uh, Zakazes. So um, at the bottom, you're going to see, see if I can remember because I can't find any good pictures either. It's going to say, instead of like, you know, uh, the Cyrillic for USSR, it's going to say CCCPMO. It's going to look like a three, AKA three. I, that I, three found, one. AK, I okay, found one on that, Google, yeah. That three AKA three thing, that's the Zakaz part. That's the Ministry of Defense part. Oh. Um, um, and the CCCP is obviously USSR. So um, the one you're looking at, Michael, I don't know which one you're looking at because when you do a Google search, you're only going to really see modern ones. The reason I think this watch is awesome because unless I'm wrong, the first commander skis were from this uh, kind of designation for the uh the ussr ministry of defense and so they're square cased with almost like panerai numerals you know what i mean hmm. let's take a look i don't know if you i can text you a picture yeah well i mean we'll we'll include it in the uh in the show graphic um but i kind of see i see the marking on this one so it's so, sort it, of like a, a distinct square watch you're saying that, that they made yes it is like it's a square rectangle watch it looks like it has i tried texting it but my phone's you know full of shit so um it's really cool because they're also very distinctive by the hands the hands are these like are are quite thick and they taper into an arrow but what's really fucking sexy is the second hands the second hands almost looks like a bow and arrow uh arrow hmm. it has a it has a a bow tip and almost like this flaring on the back. 
And so it's very, very sexy. In addition to that, um, it has the red star on it to designate that this is like, you know, for government purposes right. and shit like that. So like if you see modern Vostoks with the red star on it, it's basically in my understanding that these these uh, uh, Vostoks Akasp watches were the first ones to sort of do that. So hmm. what I also think is interesting is it looks like the the the, the numerals on here, it, I think they're hand painted because they all look like dog shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> On the <laughs> on the older ones, older, older, older ones, you're gonna see a lot from the '80s, and the reason that is is because a lot of them are fake. Mm-hmm. So for some fucking reason, China started faking these in the '80s. Oh, cool! So you'll see. A, <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's, dude, everyone's doing it. It's probably Siegel. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking Siegel. Um, so you'll see a lot from the '80s, like a lot of Vostok amphibias um, that are faked, and the telltale sign, the fucking, the surest way to know if you have a fake one, is that um, if the crown is smaller than the crown guard, because on the Vostok amphibias they faked, they faked the ones with these kind of like crown guards on them, you know. Mm. So if you look. Uh, at the crown and it looks like it's way too small and it doesn't like hug the sides of the crown guard chances are pretty high it's fake you know what i mean if anyone out there knows any other kind of ways to flag chinese ones uh that aren't real definitely let me know which is why when i focus on these vostoks and cas models i wanted to look at the older ones Hmm. and what kind of price Um, what kind of price are we are we thinking about actually i think your photo just came in uh, yeah, I see to, that. Okay, cool. Thirty to fifty bucks. All right. Thirty to fifty bucks to own a really, really cool part of Vostok's history. You know. Hmm. Yeah, look at that. So again, if you if you guys haven't checked out the history of Vostok watches, uh, on the site, we'll put it in the show notes. Also, check it out. It's a really fun read. It's such a fucking crazy story. Like I I don't understand. I don't understand how people don't point to and just say fuck this. I'm going to open a laundromat. You know what I mean? Like, why the fuck are we still making watches? You know? Apparently, uh, the world doesn't want us to make watches, guys. <laughs> but the, then, let's just open a laundromat. But we did it then. Six six watches then for under uh, sixty five. Yeah, the six six really 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 fun vintage watches under sixty five. I'm fucking super happy. Two of yours are American. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I really I I I love the idea of the american made watch i would love to see more like brands do it like accessibly i mean are those are, are um those vice watches are those are those accessible financially uh, or are they like thousands of bucks oh um no they're they're under a grand actually they started they i think they finally got them into like nordstrom for under a thousand <laughs> so <laughs> that's yeah. awesome yeah 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 they're they're uh under a grand every time i every time i've seen them interesting yeah there's a cat here. Hi, cat. Oh, yeah. So since we are recording on Saturday, happy, happy Seiko Catterday, everybody. <laughs> happy Seiko Catterday. Happy Seiko. This hashtag is still going strong. Today I put up a picture of this one here, Ying, with the Seiko Samurai. Um, yeah, happy Seiko Catterday. Yeah, so that was six vintage watches, all with really, really fascinating fucking history that you can get for under 65 bucks. Some apparently you can get for $14. <laughs> Or ninety nine cents if you're the only one or, bidding, or ninety nine cents if you're the only dipshit bidding, which is which is entirely possible. Yeah, yeah, very possible. <laughs> so, so uh, is this a time to sort? Should we start like rounding out? Because I think we're kind of getting close to that time, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably a, a good time to to wrap it up. You know, okay. once again, guys, we we love getting your emails. Uh, keep writing in with your questions, your your comments, your feedback for the show. Uh, Kaz and I are constantly looking to improve. You know, the content that we deliver for you guys. Um, you know, as well as just the show in general. Um, and we love talking watches with uh, anybody that wants to write in. So whether it's email or DM or just whatever um yeah keep in touch and and also we've been putting up a lot of like um we've been opening up relationships and 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 opening up channels of communication with a lot of different brands to get press access and we're slowly getting press access for a bunch of different brands which is why you've been seeing us putting up press releases um we put them up primarily just so we can all have a conversation about them which is why we try and keep the content of them sort of like neutral yeah you know what i'm saying pretty quick because i love i love the idea of like this watch coming up and then it's just like okay guys this watch has just got announced today let's talk about it like like i don't i don't i don't want to tell you about my feelings let's all talk about each other's feelings about this watch you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah so if you guys have been digging that awesome definitely definitely let us know um like michael was saying you know dm us on instagram at two broke watch knobs uh go and check out the website two broke watch uh, email us tbws.contact at gmail.com uh, dot coms and um I'm trying to think is there anything I'm forgetting I feel like I always forget something I think you're good you need to believe in yourself you, you it's like you I it's it like all. I it's like I drive away from the house and I'm like fuck is the stove on <laughs> fuck <laughs> the stove is off and we're good uh, how would it come down to a burnt home like <laughs> ah shit dude left the stove on <laughs> But all right, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I don't want to say goodbye because I don't want to go back to my my life with this fucking job. But all right, yeah, we're all right, we're, all right, we're, okay, we're we're gonna say goodbye. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. We're gonna say goodbye. <laughs> I'm alive. <sighs> okay, you guys have been awesome. Uh, 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 should, should, should I do this sign off and then and then you, you you wrap it up? Should I start it? Yeah, go for it. All right, man. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Kaz. This is Mike, and you've been listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. See ya. Peace.